If you have your Bibles, if you turn with me, please, to the book of Judges again, Judges chapter 6, Judges chapter 6, amen. Amen. Judges chapter 6, if you want to stand for the reading of God's Word, I'm going to read from verse 33 to the end of the chapter, amen. Judges chapter 6 and verse 33. Then all the Midianites... And the Amalekites and the children of the east were gathered together and went over and pitched in the valley in the valley of Jezreel. But the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, and he blew a trumpet, and Abiezer was gathered after him, and he sent messengers throughout all of Manasseh, who also was gathered after him, and he sent messengers unto Asher and unto Zebulun and unto Naphtali, and they came up to meet them. And Gideon said unto God, if thou wilt see of Israel by my hand, as thou hast said, behold, I will put a fleece of wool in the floor, and if the dew be on the fleece only, and it be dry upon all the earth beside, then shall I know that thou wilt see of Israel by my hand, as thou hast said. And it was so, for he rose up early in the morrow, and thrust the fleece together, and wringed the dew out of the fleece, a bowl full of water. And Gideon said unto God, Let not thy anger be hot against me, and I will speak but this once, let me prove, I pray thee, but this once with the fleece, let it now be dry only upon the fleece, and upon all the ground let there be dew. God did so that night, for it was dry upon the fleece only, and there was dew on all the ground. Father, this morning we give you thanks for the wonderful sense of your presence. Lord, even as we gathered round your table, we are so grateful Lord, that you have saved us and you have brought these sinners near to your throne. Lord, we thank you for that precious blood this morning. And we pray as we open your word, Lord, that you would anoint it, that you would speak, that you would give help. Lord, we ask for the ministry of the Spirit of God to be so real in this house this morning, turning hearts, softening hearts, and speaking into our lives and into the circumstances that are around us, that are impossible. Lord, we ask, Lord, would you show yourself, the mighty God of Israel, would you come among us today and glorify your name. Help us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's take our seats together. Praise the Lord. Now, we just looked last week just at the Spirit of the Lord coming upon Gideon, the Holy Ghost coming down and coming upon this man, the least... Uh, the most insignificant, a man who was seeking after the Lord for the miracles of the fathers that he had heard of, for an intervention of the Spirit of the Lord. And when the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon, the first thing we see that happened there just in verse 34, if you look down at it, when the Holy Ghost came upon Gideon, the first thing we see that happened is that he, he blew the trumpet when the Holy Ghost came upon Gideon, he blew the trumpet. And this was, of course, very significant in Israel. They understood the certain types of trumpet sound that would be sounded. And in Numbers chapter 10, if you go back so you understand what's actually happening here, when he grabs the hold of this trumpet and begins to blast out this sound of the trumpet, we know that 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 Israel were able to discern the signs. That was really important. Discernment is a very important part of where we are in the day in which we're living. Jesus said it would be an hour of deception. And so we need the gift of discernment or the discerning of spirits through God's Word. 
But when this alarm went in Numbers chapter 10 and verse 8, it says these words, that the sons of Aaron, the priests, shall blow the trumpets, and they shall be unto you an ordinance forever throughout your generations. If you go to war in your land against the enemy that oppresses you, then ye shall blow an alarm with the trumpets, and ye shall be remembered before the Lord your God, and ye shall be saved from your enemies. And so Gabriel or Gideon, when he takes the hold of this trumpet and he begins to sound out that great noise, it awakened Israel. They understood what that meant. They were aware. Uh, it awakened them out of, they, we know they were in a backslidden state. They'd gone away from the Lord. The enemy was oppressing them. They lived in fear. They were impoverished. Their, their harvest was constantly being taken by the enemy. But when that sound went, Throughout Israel that day, something happened amongst the people of God. There was something that was a witness in their hearts. There was an awakening amongst God's people that this was a moment that God had called. It wasn't something of man. It was something that came by the Spirit of God as that trumpet, that symbolic sign of the trumpet call. It awakened Israel. They, they stopped everything what they were doing, whether it was in the streets or whether it was in the home or whether it was in the workplace or whether it was just in leisure or, or just doing whatever they were doing with their families. But once they heard that sound, they knew it was a moment that everyone had to awaken because it was a call that came from God Himself. He set this ordinance and it was a time when the, when the enemy would oppress you, when the enemy was coming in against you. Thank God when the, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord raises up a standard against him. We are not without a defense. We're not without a protection. We're not without this morning the mighty hand of God upon our lives. But Israel awakened. They awakened to the sound of, of that trumpet. And the trumpet was blown. And the Lord, it says, would remember them. God remembered them in their battle, in their, in their oppression. But He says that he, would, that he would save them from their enemies. That God would deliver them. A mighty deliverance would come. You know, that trumpet call today is still blowing, but it's not in the sound of a trumpet. It's not in that natural sound of a trumpet. It's a voice that cries in the wilderness. I believe there's a voice that trumpet speaks of a voice that speaks. And if the people hear and the people respond, then that, that prophet then we know as he sounds that trumpet, then, then the blood is clear of his hands. But if they don't listen to the sound that goes forth, then the blood is upon their hands. And so there's a sound, I believe, in the last days, as there was in, in the first coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, there was a preparation there was a preparation of the people for His coming. And in the second coming of the Lord, I believe that there is a preparation. There's a period of time on this earth that God begins to prepare by the power of His Spirit. There's a voice, there's a witness of the Holy Ghost across the body of Christ that we're living in the last days. That there is a, an arising, there's an awakening that we need to be ready for the coming of the Lord is drawing near. And I, I believe that 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 clarion call comes through the proclamation of God's Word. It comes through the, the, the preaching of the Word of God. All across this world, there is a bride that's being made ready for the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. And she is awakening 
despite what is happening all across this world, the bride is awakening because she knows that the bridegroom is about to come. We know in that parable the Lord tells us of those ten virgins, but at midnight it says there's a cry. There's a cry that comes, and it's a preparation. You know, we see this in Scripture. There's a pattern of, of God preparing His people for His coming. In Luke chapter 1, if you turn back to it for a moment, I just want to touch on this. I feel this is just where the Lord's leading us this morning. But, you know, in Luke chapter 1, we know that this is just prior to the, the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit is beginning to move to fulfill the eternal purposes of God. And there's a man here, his name is Zacharias. And Zacharias had drawn the lot in this particular day that he would go in to be faithful to that altar of incense and to offer up those prayers unto the Lord. <clears throat> and as he's standing there in Luke 1 verse 11, it says these words, there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing at the right side of the altar of incense. In verse 12, and when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. Thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth, for he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither strong wine or drink or, or, or wine or strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb, and many of the children of Israel shall he turn. To the Lord their God, there'll be a great turn through the ministry of John. There'll be a great turning in the people. And then it goes on to say, And he shall go before him in the spirit and the power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people that are prepared for the Lord. A people will be made ready. When the Spirit of God, when there's a ministry of the Holy Spirit, when it talks about the Spirit of Elijah and the power of Elijah, this is the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the ministry of the Spirit of God. When the Spirit of God begins to move, hearts begin to be turned. Even the hardest of heart, even the most rebellious of heart, when the ministry of the Holy Spirit, when He begins to move in His power, then there's hearts begin to turn. Those hearts that have been shut off. Those hearts that are hurt and hardened. Those hearts that are rebellious before God. But I want to tell you, friends, when, when the ministry of the Holy Spirit begins to function and move, when God begins to move in the Spirit and the power of Elijah, you're going to see a great turning take place. Only by the Spirit of God, not by the means of anything else, but by the ministry of the Holy Spirit, when that ministry of Him, when He begins to move, hearts begin to turn and a people are prepared, are made ready for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. I, I believe that God is going to move by His Spirit in preparation for the coming of the bridegroom. That He's going to prepare a people. He's going to prepare a bride but there's going to be a great turning. You know, this morning I woke about four, and when I woke up at four, it doesn't happen, it's very rarely ever happened, but when I woke at four, I realized I was crying. 
there were my, these big cheeks of mine were soaking. And I put my hands on my face and I began to wipe the tears as they began to flow just down my face and I began to dry the tears, but I knew I was weeping. And then I realized that, that I'd been dreaming and I'd come out of a dream and the dream was, it was so real. It was, it was a powerful thing. It was such a precious thing, but I was standing just at those doors at the back. I want to tell you what the dream was, and then you'll say, what is he talking about? But I was standing just at those back doors, and the service had ended. And then as I was standing there, the next minute I seen Jack. Jack was coming towards me, and he threw his arms open. And then I threw my arms around him, and we began to weep. And the two of us were weeping. Then I seen just out of the corner of my eye as mummy coming down and she threw his arms and we were all weeping. And then granny came and, and auntie came and everyone was gathering around. There was tears and they were flowing. And then I looked over to the, this side of me in this dream and I seen a man standing. It was Andrew Clemens. And I seen his, his, his eyes were wet with tears. He began to weep. And then I seen as, 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 as uh, uh, Elner came and, and threw his arms around each other and they began to weep. And then I seen James coming down and, and Emma and, and the family gathering around. And then there was tears. And then I was standing in the front of the hall. This was a dream last night. I was dreaming. And, and then I was standing in the hall and we were all there. And the next minute I seen a sister and she had tears running down her face, but she had her brother under her arm and, and he was weeping and Lee was walking down to the front. And then Kelly was weeping and then everybody was weeping and then there was rejoicing and there was tears and the Lord began. I said, Lord, but this is not a dream. I dreamed something that happened in the past, but then I realized it actually happened. And I was weeping in my, in my dream. I began to weep because then I seen the, the, the Spirit and the power of the Holy Ghost when He moves he begins to turn hearts that no man can do. Not a thousand sermons can do, but when the Holy Ghost, and I believe in the preaching of the Gospel, because it's so important, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the Word of God. But when signs and wonders follow the preaching of the Word of God, when the ministry of the Holy Ghost happens and takes place, know what, takes, know what happens? Hearts then begin to be turned. Sons are turned to their fathers. Fathers are turned unto their sons. There's a ministry of the Holy Ghost and there's reconciliation and homes are restored in Christ. It's a ministry of the Holy Ghost. We were like them that dreamed, but then were our mouths filled with laughter. God did it. There's a great turning needed. I know there's so much more to happen in these days. There's a great turning in hearts that's needed. And I, I woke up with those tears and I began to dry them. And I was really crying. It wasn't just like a wee one that you can swipe away quickly and nobody notices. It was like I was gurning them asleep. And then I realized, God, you did that. And then I've been preparing this message and reading these words yesterday. And I knew this was the word, but then he gave me the revelation of the word. This is when God moves by the Spirit of the power of Elijah. Hearts begin to be turned. Is there someone in your home? Is there someone in your family? Is it your son? Is it your daughter? Is it your mommy? Is it your daddy? Is it your relative? Is it a broken home? Is it a broken marriage? What we need is the ministry of the Holy Ghost and the Spirit and the power of Elijah. Hearts are turned. And there's tears. Hallelujah for tears. 
There's weeping, but then there's rejoicing. Weeping may last for a night, brothers and sisters, but glory to God, joy comes in the morning. You forget the trial and you forget the nights and you forget all the brokenness and the heart, the heartache and, 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 and through all of that, but just for that moment when he turns a key in the captivity of Zion, oh, we are like them that dream. Glory to God, we are like them that dreamed. Friends, this morning it's that ministry of the Spirit and the power of Elijah to turn hearts this morning. Hearts, you know, so often, you know why hearts are hard? Do you know why hearts are so often hard? Hearts are so often hard because hearts are so hurt. That's why they're hard. They've experienced a deep wound or a hurt, perhaps in a family, perhaps, perhaps even in churches, perhaps in life, hurts come. Has anyone in this room never been hurt? Because no one, no one in this room can say, I've never been hurt. Everyone will experience hurts or, or something that happens in our lives that wounds us. And then what happens because we want to try to deal with that the way we want to deal with it is we close over our hearts and we become hardened to the ministry of God, ministry of the Holy Spirit. I'm so thankful today that there's a God that reaches right into the very depth of a heart that's broken. There's not a tablet on this earth and there's not a doctor on this earth can reach in to a heart that's broken. But I know one this morning that can reach into a heart and heal a broken heart. I know one that can pull back the hardest of doors that shut a nail sealed closed. But he can open that door and he can minister right into the depths of that heart. And I want to tell you, brothers and sisters, there's nothing like the ministry of the power of the Holy Ghost when he turns, when he turns, when he turns. When he turns hearts, when he turns fathers to their sons and sons to their fathers, when he does a work, I want to tell you, friend, don't give up on your loved one. Don't give up on them, friends. The ministry of the Holy Ghost turns it in his time. And you're here this morning. I'm here this morning, and I know so many of us are carrying situations or things in our lives that we're saying, Lord, when will you turn this? When are you going to turn this around? When are you going to reach in? I want to tell you, friends, it's so important that when God, the Holy Spirit, is ministering and speaking into lives, I want to encourage you this morning, so important, that when you know God speaking, that when you know God speaking, don't turn away. The Bible says today, if you hear His voice, Harden, harden not your heart. People in this room this morning need the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Need the ministry of the Spirit to bring all of the richness of Christ and all that He's done on Calvary's cross and to make that so real right into the depths of your being. God, by the ministry of the Spirit of God, would reach in to your heart this morning and heal you know, this world are, are filled with people trying to find something to, to numb the pain. That's what this world is filled with. They're trying to find something that's going to numb the pain. That's why we just prescribe everything today to try and numb and take away the pain that people are, are living. But I want to tell you, friends, there's nothing like the touch of God. Nothing like the ministry of the Holy Spirit. Nothing like when God, the Holy Spirit, moves in a meeting and hearts are turned, and then in a moment, you know, everything, everything in a moment is so beautifully restored because in his time, 
He makes everything beautiful. Doesn't he? And so he wants to turn. I believe that there is an end time ministry of the Spirit of God, of turning, of restoring. You see, what the enemy is doing in these days, listen, brothers and sisters, he's doing absolutely everything to destroy what God has created, right down to that family unit, that man, that woman, those kids raised in a family unit under the headship of Christ. He detests that. And in this last day, that's why we see so many broken lives, broken homes, but I thank God for the gospel that he is a healer of the broken in heart and he is a binder of every wind. It's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. If we would open ourselves, and I know it's so difficult because people are afraid, people fear being hurt again or being let down. People are afraid that in some way or some other that it won't work out, and that, that compounds by the work of the enemy to lie, continually lie, that it's not going to happen. But I want to tell you something. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. There's no one like him this morning when he touches a life. When by the power of his Spirit he ministers into a heart and he turns hearts. He turns the hardest of heart. The most rebellious of heart. The most bitter heart. You know why people are bitter? Because they've been wounded. And they've been wounded by someone, but then, because they never know what to do or how to deal with that, they hold on to that hurt. And what happens is it becomes bitter. That bitterness begins to ruin that life, completely ruin that life. And only by the grace of God, if that root of bitterness is not removed by God's help and by God's grace, then that bitterness ruins everything. It's like a cancer. It's a terrible thing. Nikki and I were speaking to a young girl yesterday evening. This young girl's life has been destroyed because of the circumstances she was being brought up in. Now she's pursuing the whole world, visiting all over the world to try and find happiness and peace. Friends, this morning, now none but Christ can satisfy. And she's one, one of literally thousands all around us. They're hurt. They've closed the door. And in their best efforts and best strengths, they're going to do it their way. I want to tell you, friend, this morning, there's a wonderful Savior that's able to heal every broken life in an instant. This ministry that will come is like that trumpet. It's like a voice. There's a call that goes out. It's a wonderful ministry. It's the ministry of the Holy Spirit to reach out, for the church to reach out, for the church to go beyond its bounds, to reach out into a world that's hurting and is broken with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, but with the ministry of the Spirit. To reach in and to proclaim, as that voice cried in the wilderness, 
for a people to know that there's an answer. That there's an answer. God's speaking, God, God's preparing a people not only to come, but also preparing a people to go out with this gospel and with this ministry. To prepare a people for the Lord, to make ready a people for the Lord. And the trumpet is sounding, it has been, and it will do until he comes. He's looking for a people, and Gideon is one of those people, I believe, that there are many Gideons in this room. I believe we're a Gideon people, that remnant is. But they want to know for sure that this is the Lord. And Gideon begins to lay out a fleece. Anyone ever laid out a fleece? Put a fleece out before the Lord. This is not unbelief. I want to say that first of all. This is not unbelief to lay a fleece out. That's a symbolic term before the Lord. This is a man that surrendered. I believe there's people here this morning that you need, you need, you need a token from the Lord. God's token. That God's in this. That God's leading this. And this man is a surrendered man. I want to say this before anything else. He's a surrendered man. He's a man that's walking in obedience to God's word. We know he pulled down that altar to Baal. But this is a man that God has apprehended. And God is saying, you're a mighty man of valor. And Gideon is trying to process what God is doing with him in some ways. But he's looking for an approval. He's willing. He's obedient. But he's now asking the Lord. He's asking the Lord for a sign or an indication. Lord, are you in this? Is any, I, I believe there's someone or someone this morning are saying, Lord, I need a token from you. I need an indication, Lord, that you're... I don't even feel like I, I'm, I'm preaching this morning. I feel that I'm just wanting to share this God speaking, ministering in the hearts to bring healing to some lives. But others that are just seeking direction, want to know from the Lord, want, want to sign, want to, an indication, just like Gideon. You know, the Bible tells us that Gideon was a man of faith. Hebrews 11, he's recorded there. So we know this is not, just show me a sign and I'll serve you. It's not that type of thing. You know, you meet people in the streets, well, if God, if God sends an angel down now, then I'll give my life to Jesus. Well, God could send 10,000 angels down, but it's by faith. We've got God's word I don't believe this is anything of unbelief. This is just a man that God has laid his, hold up, his, his hand upon to raise him up, to bring forth this army. And he's saying, Lord, if you've, really, if you've chosen me, like if you've put your hand on me, Lord, that, that you're going to do something with my life, Lord, I, I need you to really give me an approval by this fleece. I'm going to lay this fleece out, Lord, and if that fleece is saturated with the dew and everything around it's dry, we read it there, then, Lord, that's a sure approval that you're wanting me to go forward. You see, friends, I, I don't want to go forward unless God's in it. I, I don't want to do anything unless the Lord's in it. If he's not in it, I, I don't want to be. As everyone, we're all on the same page, aren't we? I mean, if God's not in this, I don't want to be in it. Do you? If God's going to lead us forward to do anything, but if he's not going, are you going? And so we need the leading and the signs and the tokens of God. I believe God's speaking. See, I believe God's already given some a sign even through what's happening here. 
There's two men in the Bible, in the Old Testament. Both of them are known as friends of God. One of them is Abraham, and one of them is Moses. One of them is the mediator of the old, one of them is the father of the faith. Both of them were known as a friend of God. The Bible tells us, if you turn to Exodus chapters 33, verse 11, the Bible says there that the Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend. It's just amazing, isn't it, that God actually would speak with a man face to face. These two men, Abraham and Moses, friends of God. I'm glad that Jesus is a friend of sinners. Everything manifested in this Christ, he was a friend of sinners. What a friend we have in Jesus this morning. What a friend we have in Jesus. Verse 13 of Acts 33, this friend of God said, Now therefore I pray thee, if I find grace in thy sight, show me now thy way, that I may know thee, that I might find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. And God said, My presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. And he said unto him, If thy presence go not with me, carry us not up hence, for wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not that thou goest with us? So shall we be separated, I and thy people, from all the people that are upon the face of the earth? And the Lord said unto Moses, I will do this thing that thou hast spoken, for thou hast found grace in my sight, and I know thee by name. He said, If thy presence go not with me, Lord, don't even carry us forward. Lord, if your presence is not going with us, I don't want to go. God speaking. Some of us have run ahead without the presence of the Lord. God's not in it. Some of us are waiting for God to lead the way. I want to tell you, friends, unless God leads the way, unless his presence goes with us, I tell you, don't go. But if he's leading, let me tell you, you must go. I can't go. I can't do anything. I mean, what? You talk about laying something out. I wonder if that really is our heart this morning. I, I don't want to move one step. I, I believe God's preparing. I, I, I know this to be true, that God is preparing to do a mighty work in the preparation for a people for himself. Mighty work. And God's arresting, laying hold of Gideons all across this world, laying across of men and women, calling them in to the purposes of God, God's eternal purpose, God's plan, God's, he, his eternal plan, not my plan, not your plan, but his plan for these days. There's a great preparation. Moses says, if you don't go, if I don't have your presence, then I'm not going. I'm not going to take a step forward. I'm not going to create an Ishmael. I'm going to wait until you lead the way. You know, Jesus has promised us, Matthew chapter 28, that he will be with us 
Praise the Lord. Even right to the end of the world, He'll be with us. I'm not talking about our salvation here. I'm talking about our salvation, that Christ will be with His people. He'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. I'm talking about the ministry of the Holy Ghost and God leading His people in these days. You see, there's some things that are going to happen because the Bible tells us they're going to happen. And that is that in the last days there will be, the Bible says, the manifestation of an antichrist and a spirit of antichrist. And it says that it will be with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth. And God will send a strong delusion across this earth. They've rejected Jesus. I don't know who they are because we have to preach the gospel to every man and believe God that he's died for every person, but there will be a deception that will come. Be very careful. Be very careful. Be very careful. Young people, be very careful in rejecting God and rejecting God and rejecting God and rejecting God. Be very careful of your hard speeches. Do I hear it today? Hear what all is being said and I tell you, friends, be very careful what you're saying. We will all give an account one day of everything that's spoken. You know, you stand and you hear the hard speeches. You hear people saying things against God. I tell you, friends, there but for the grace of God go any of us. God, have mercy. God, have mercy. God, have mercy. We need God to pour out his mercy. We need a, a ministry today that reaches into lives with the truth of the gospel but a ministry that reaches into a broken world. There's a great deceiving that's taking place. And Paul writes and he says these words, he said, but we are bound to give thanks unto God for you, brethren, beloved Lord, beloved of the Lord, because God hath from the beginning chosen you to salvation through sanctification and the spirit of belief of the truth. The deception that will not only come in the world is a deception. This is really important. Probably wonder where I'm going, but here's another deception. One of the great deceptions that are taking place today and it's sweeping into the church of Jesus Christ is to be deceived of your own self. James writes in James 1 and 21 saying, Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and receive the meekness of the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. Receive with meekness the engrafted word, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own self that you hear it, but that's for someone else. We want to hear God speak this morning into our lives, have a token from the Lord. I, I just want to share with you I have often found that God has spoken to me when I've come to a time of brokenness and I'm on my knees. That's when I've heard the voice of God the clearest. When there's a consecrated heart, when there's a surrendered life, but when there's a, a brokenness, I need to hear. Does anyone need to hear the voice of God? I'm talking about a, a word from the Lord that God speaks into your heart. I tell you, just for me, and I believe it to be right for most of us, God spoke to you the clearest. He spoke to you when you've often been on your knees, when your heart 
is broken and when there's tears. As the Bible says, the humble shall hear thereof and be glad. How many people need to hear him this morning? Oh, I need to hear him. We're coming to a day where every man is going to do what's right in his own eyes, but that spirit is not just in the world. Brothers and sisters, that spirit just swept across everything. Everywhere. I shared a couple of Wednesday nights ago, I shared again of a woman. She sat down with her pastor, and she was in error, and he opened the Word of God to her, and he pointed to her just clearly in Scripture, a very simple black and white. But can I tell you, all Scripture is black and white. And he just sat down gently with her and he showed her exactly where she was in error. And she turned around and looked at him and says, but I don't believe that. This is a professing believer who's walked with the Lord for many years. Friends, I want to test so dangerous. I believe God confirms his word in the mouth of two or three witnesses. I believe primarily in everything if God's going to speak, can I tell you something, friends? The Holy Spirit will never contradict this book, ever. I, I don't care who we are, how many years we've been in Bible school, and how great a preacher we are, but the Holy Ghost will never contradict this word, ever. You believe that, don't you? He'll never contradict this word. I don't care how great we are, how nice we are, how lovely we are. But the Holy Ghost will never contradict this word. We are living in a day. We are seeing it everywhere. And even after the pandemic, I'm talking to many men that are saying, most of the church aren't coming back to worship. Most of them aren't coming back. Tell you what the Bible says. We're not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. That's an old pastor favorite. No, that's not an old pastor favorite. That's God's word. And there's no one is exempt from that. No one is exempt from that. But the Spirit told me, I want to tell you something. The Spirit didn't tell you anything about staying away from fellowship. We're living in a day where people feel it's right to for those who are not married, younger people, that I can marry an unbeliever. I'm going to tell you something, brothers and sisters. The Bible is very clear that we're not to be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. But I love him. I want to tell you something. Listen to me. Brothers and sisters, listen to me. Go back 15 years later, and there's a couple of kids, a divided house, and broken hearts. Let me tell you, God's way is the only way. God's way is the only way. But God's going to speak. He'll speak and confirm it in the mouth of two witnesses. That's what Paul said. Gideon was saying, he asked for two signs and was both with that fleece of wool. Lord, show me. I want to tell you, friends, the place that God's going to speak to us is on our knees. I know he can speak through preaching. I know he can speak through others. But the place that we want a word from God that he's going to speak to us is on our knees. And with a broken heart and often with tears, 
But let me tell you something. He speaks. Now I remember a long time ago, seems like about 100 years ago now, but it wasn't that long. It was, I think it was 2004, 2005, when we were in Florida. I think there was a whole gang of us in Florida. And we went to a service. It was a powerful service. I'm going to close with this. I'm not really going to preach on. It was a real mighty service. The ministry of the Holy Ghost. It was the ministry of the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost came down. The pastor didn't get the opportunity to preach. He, he was over behind the organ. And you heard his voice the odd time as he just gave up a hallelujah, but he just kept his head down. And the ministry of the Holy Ghost was so precious. The altars were filled, filled from wall to wall. Actually, in that service, um, it was at Paul's wedding, and uh, Jenny, Jenny's dad came to the altar. He got saved in the altar. The ministry of the Holy Spirit, turning hearts of the Father to the, to the daughters and to the sons. And he was saved in that meeting, <clears throat> and God was really moving. There was a real sense the presence of God. I just testified to this, but let God say what God wants to say. But there was a wee man. He was wee, but he was wide. <laughs> That's all I remember. He was wee and wide, as we would say. He doesn't know what that. I didn't say you're wee and wide, but he was wee and wide. He's a wee country man, and uh, like out their country. And then all I remember about him as he walked along, he had the hardest wee walk that you could ever imagine, but he had big red broad braces on and a big white shirt. And he was walking about and he was speaking in tongues this ministry of the Holy Spirit, and all I felt was these two hands just right on the back of my neck. And then he began to speak. I was waiting on a word from the Lord. Friends, I know I was broken, and I was waiting, and then he spoke. And I had no idea what he said that day, that it could even be possible that it could come true. I want to tell you something. Every word that we man spoke that day, Every word of it came to pass. I believe God speaks when we're broken, when we're on our knees. You see, most of us today are like frozen vegetables. We don't want to bend, but we need the Holy Ghost to melt us in order that we'll bend and we'll get on our knees and get a new place with God and we'll hear the voice of God. Lord, we need you to speak. A wee man told me that there was a valley coming up. In case you thought he was telling me I'm going to be rich and famous. He told me there's a valley on the way. And a valley that you've never walked before. And there's a wilderness that's going to be as dry as you've ever experienced. And he said, but you're going to walk through it. And God's going to be with you. I'm going to tell you something. I'll go anywhere if God goes with me. But I'm not going to try and make something up myself. I want his presence to be with us. The ministry of the Holy Ghost. The ministry of the Holy Ghost. Gideon. Lord, see if you're going to do this. Lord, see if you're going to... Listen, I said to Nicky yesterday, we were driving along, I said, Nicky, you know, there's some great 
miracles in that Old Testament, like some of, some of the accounts. But I'm starting to really like Gideon. I said, like, I love David and Goliath. So many times I've preached in that, acted it out as well, Trevor in India. <laughs> but I want to tell you something. 300 men destroyed an army of 135,000 men. That's pretty good, isn't it? That's pretty impressive, David. We serve an almighty God. But Gideon needed to know. I need to know. I'll tell you what you're going to know this morning, brothers and sisters. We're going to know on our knees. The ministry of the Holy Ghost. I believe he wants to minister. If we're willing, he wants to minister this morning. Turn hearts. Oh God, turn hearts. Turn hearts. I, I pray we'll be waking up many more times with tears and saying, it's not a dream. It's real. And it's real, friends. God, turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the children to their fathers. So only the Holy Ghost can do that. But Lord, we're going to get on our knees and say, Lord, speak. Let's pray together this morning.